Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Global Movement, where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick-ass English speaker? Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, aw yeah? Oh yeah! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, effective, cantankerous, or zany way to learn English. So download this podcast now and listen to us while you're stuck in traffic, polishing your shoes, playing some bongos, or maybe relaxing on a hill watching the clouds pass by. Oh, <laughs> I'm joined here today in the virtual studio with, first of all, Ethan. How are you doing today, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. And today we have a very special guest, all the way from. Well, he's not from, but he's in Japan right now. That Drew Badger, how you doing, Yay. man? I'm doing all right. It's a pleasure <laughs> to see your happy faces over here on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, likewise, likewise. How's uh, how's everything in Japan right? What what time is it in Japan right now? Currently is 8:40 p.m. on Friday, so I'm uh, speaking to you from the future, I guess. <laughs> cool. It's exactly 12 hours in the future because right now it's 8:40 oh, really? a.m. in, oh, in Brazil. Okay. Yeah. Do yeah. we need any any like stock tips or anything? <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be like day trading. We'll start in a little bit in Brazil. <laughs> It does feel strange speaking to someone who's 12 hours ahead of you. Um, but Drew, man. Uh, maybe just to start off, how about you? Um, maybe just in case anyone from our audience hasn't hasn't heard about you before, would you like sure. to give us a little bit of a intro into who is Drew Badger? Who is Drew Badger? Wow. Okay. Let, That's let's a very keep philosophical it, uh, question, right? Yeah, not non metaphysical <laughs> uh, for this conversation. Uh, I think the, probably the quickest thing to explain is that I came to Japan uh, originally for learning Japanese gardening. And I wasn't able to do that, so I had to get a visa to teach, and that's kind of how I got started in teaching. I've always been kind of a teacher or a coach in some capacity uh, mm -hmm. ever since I was young, but uh, I guess it was a happy coincidence that I was able to start doing that when I came out here. And I still did the gardening on the side, incidentally. Mm -hmm. uh, but I started doing that, and while I was teaching at uh, traditional junior high schools and elementary schools and even some kindergartens out here, Uh, and I've actually taught some mom and baby classes as well. So like one-year-old wow. kids that are starting to learn English. Um, one year old. Pretty, one, yeah, yeah, wait, yeah. I said that wrong. One year old. One year, one year, one year old. One year old. One year old kids. And uh, yeah, actually, I have like videos on my my other channel that you probably don't know about. But if you go on YouTube and look up uh, Shaberi Sensei, it's S H. A B E R R Y, like instead of strawberry, it's Sha Berry Sensei oh, S E N S E I, yeah. uh, and I haven't put anything up there in a few years, but I do have some videos of students of mine that were like one when I started teaching them, and they can just like speak Whoa. like regular kids. That is That's amazing. Crazy. 
Yeah. How do you teach a one-year-old to speak English? I mean, did you do well like, the same uh, the same way I teach in the same way I teach an adult actually. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. It's, you, you, uh, so you it's, do it's, peekaboo with uh, with adults. I do. Well, I do a little bit of peekaboo. <laughs> I do a little bit of like a howdy do, you know, like playing around with them. But I think uh, that that kind of foundation, uh, like in all in all seriousness, with the with the learners out there, peekaboo is a lot of fun. I must say. Uh, Would you like I to just do, quickly explain what peekaboo is, sir? Yeah, so peekaboo, peekaboo is when you, and this is something you have in, I'm sure, various cultures. But since uh, like a child's uh, mental development kind of, it it goes through phases where if you put your hands over your face, it actually is kind of appearing to them as actually like you've disappeared. <laughs> so parents will like put their hand over their face or cover their eyes or something and say peekaboo. That's what we say in English. Uh -huh. uh, the Japanese version of it is inai nai ba. Uh, so I do that like both of those versions. Yeah, yeah. So I, and I don't know. I'm sure there's like the Swahili version in Korean yeah. and other things like that. But people pick it up pretty quickly that like if you cover your face the child is like what the like where where did you go you know <laughs> yeah. uh maybe and they know something we don't actually but because peek anyway. means to 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 look right to take a yeah. peek to have a look and yeah. boo is yeah. something you say to like kind of surprise or startle someone yeah indeed yeah. indeed <laughs> it's interesting how we can kind of teach two different parts of the same thing you know talk about the history or the culture of something and then also what the actual individual pieces of the word mean yeah uh, yeah, yeah but yeah it's, uh, it's uh, nice to riff with you guys about yeah that. it's another, like another a, just word, yeah. english teachers just nerding out a little bit it it is like i find <laughs> uh, when i do when i do meet with other like fellow educators you know we'll be talking like what do you think about this grammar point you know like, <laughs> you know, normal people like shut up nobody wants to hear about yeah that. yeah but we're just loving it anyway and, uh... do do think about that though learning learning like kids like if you actually teach and this is what we're doing with the new app that i was speaking with you guys about before um i call it instant language learning because when you stop trying to put uh, separate languages or like your you know your native language to help you learn whatever language it is you're learning and you can correct uh, connect directly with the language that's what helps you learn uh, much much faster so that's mm -hmm. why like the same way that I would teach a baby like you can't use Japanese to teach a Japanese baby because they don't even know what that means so everything <laughs> is directly through the language and so that's the same way I teach adults now mm -hmm. that's so interesting and you've got a you've got a little one now right I do. A uh, year and a month old, Aria May Badger. Uh, and uh, I, I should put her up on a video again. I haven't done that in a while, but people have been asking to see her development. Uh, but she's coming along, starting to use words and point to things, and she recognizes people and like her Japanese and her English. Actually, today we were just kind of joking around at dinner because she's doing like little bows. <laughs> uh, like it's it's just funny watching her try to do that, and then everyone laughs, and she does it more. You know, getting that positive feedback. Uh -huh. What uh, is a bow? Fun to watch her. Like uh, you know, when you bow, like you're kind of tilting your head. It's kind of difficult thing to express over a podcast. I suppose, <laughs> yeah. But you know, a sign of respect when you tilt your head down, and this mm -hmm. is uh, more of a thing that Japanese people would do than Americans. Uh, we mm -hmm. kind of do the head nod to show a little bit of respect in America, but in Japan, it's definitely there's actually many different forms of bowing, uh, and then there's specific protocols for the actual amount of degrees that you bow. If it's like 30 degrees oh, wow. or 15 degrees or something, depending on how formal or whatever you're trying to be, where your hand should be, all that. So, yeah. is it like the lower the bow, the more respect 
yeah. respect yeah. to showing. So that's person. what I mean. You typically you see the emperor walking around like he doesn't like move at all, or like the head of a company like he wouldn't really like. I mean, he might just like give a slight something, but he's definitely not bowing, mm-hmm. you know. But it's it's interesting to see that you can definitely uh, see the uh, the more strict hierarchy that people have in Japan versus a country like America. Mm-hmm. So are you from America then? Yeah, so I'm from Chicago. Uh, and I moved out to Japan in 2003, and I've been out here on and off for, well, I guess since then. Uh, but I lived in, let's see, I lived in Nagasaki for a couple of years, and then I lived in Kyoto, Japan also, which is the traditional capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm actually back in Nagasaki, because that's where my wife is from. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. So your, your, uh, your daughter is Japanese-American? Yeah. Yeah, cool. just got the uh, the passport in the mail uh, not that long ago. That was an interesting thing. The passport picture sizes for Japan and uh, America are different. So we went to the local um, like passport picture taking place, and then we got the passport picture, and then I took it to the American embassy, and they said, no, this is a different size. It's like you know an eighth of an inch too small or whatever. So I had to sit in the photo booth there and kind of hold her up. Uh, <laughs> sure I didn't get my hands in the picture, uh, but she did. She kind of like held a face. You know, she wasn't like looking at bugs or something like uh-huh. that. But she took the picture, and it, it, it turned out to be okay. That's great. I've never thought about that because I guess is uh, is she going to the U.S. soon or has she been to the obviously not yet? Yeah, right? we ha- we haven't haven't taken her back, but yeah, the the dual passport thing and the dual citizenship thing. Uh, it, I don't know how it how it is for different countries, but in Japan you get uh, dual citizen dual citizenship until you're 20 years old, and then you have to decide which country you're going to be a citizen of. Uh, so, you know, we'll leave that up to her, I suppose, at that point. And, okay. uh, but you need two passports when you're traveling because one is like to get you out of the country that you're in and one is to get you into the other country. Because like yeah, America doesn't care what it, what's on a Japanese passport. I mean, if you're Japanese, it's fine. You can take that. But like the visa, you kind of get it like stamped on one or the other. I don't know. That's what I've read anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, we got both the Japanese and the American passport prepared for that. So, mm-hmm. And it must be really interesting uh, watching her if she's starting to learn languages, like being uh, bilingual, right? Yeah, so she uh, she understands, she uses actually more English, uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting because she spends more time kind of in her day uh, speaking Japanese. But since I work at home, then I can, you know, go out and spend time with her. And we read every day for like an hour or something. Oh, wow. Uh, and so we do a lot of practice. And she's starting to get letters. And we do like specific reading practice of like what sounds are. And she knows letter names and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really like formal education so much as just like, hey, look at this thing. And it's interesting how this letter forms that thing. Uh, but I think she'll probably get to play around with our app when we release it pretty soon. So that's cool. That should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Does she like mix up Japanese and English? Like maybe start a sentence in English and finish no. in Japanese? Well, I mean, she or... can't. She can't. Like she's only like a year old, so she's not okay. making grammatically correct sentences. It's more just like, oh, look, it's the moon or something. But it's more uh, that we can express something and she can understand it, whether it's in Japanese or English. So I mean, I could I could say something in Japanese or English and she would understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously not complicated stuff, but she's getting more the kind of routine of things, and she's more piecing together the, the like, if I point over to there, like, hey, would you like to get a book, or could you get a book? I mean, she understands, like, book is the key word, and, like, I, mm-hmm. like I'm not asking her to eat a book or something. Like, she understands mm-hmm. fairly well what we're, what we're going for. 
I actually thought when I was uh, like a younger teacher before I had a kid, like it would be funny to kind of mess with a child and just teach them <laughs> stuff. You know? But that would be kind of bogus. So I, you know, I it's probably not such a good idea. Maybe with somebody else's child, I'll mess around. <laughs> so uh, a couple of things you said. You said uh, piece together. What does piece together mean? So piece together, if you think this is a great phrasal verb, uh, where you've got like pieces of a puzzle and you're going to take uh, maybe one word uh, in a phrase, so like the word uh, or the phrase, uh, the moon is bright. So I'm going to take these letters or these words and piece them together, the moon is bright. And I could piece them together in different orders, like the bright is moon, which maybe doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> but just to piece something together in general... Uh, means can you take something and connect the different ideas? So often, like a uh, like in a detective movie, uh, detective TV show, maybe you have a, like you find different clues in different locations, and you'll hear people talking about like we have to piece this together. We have to connect these different things and put them together in a way that makes sense to piece something together. Mm-hmm. And you said uh, bogus. Bogus, yeah. This is uh, probably a phrase that maybe isn't used so much anymore. You guys understand it, but it's typically a thing that's like quite negative. Uh, but it's kind of a funny word that I, I'll often use when I'm talking with students. I don't know why. It's maybe a, diff- a difficult word. Uh, but in a kind of uh, everyday sense, when something is bogus, it just means it's like a negative or unfortunate thing that happened. Like, oh, oh you got a parking ticket, man. That's bogus. Yeah. Uh, but it's more of a thing that maybe young people would use. Uh, as opposed to like a 65-year-old man saying like, wow, that is a bogus thing that happened. Like, people would kind of look at that like it was funny. Very uh, American a, term, right? Yeah, it, is, it is, it is, it is an American term. Is a, uh, there's a, when, I, when, I heard, when you said that just now, the first thing that pops into my head is there, there was a, an, old, uh, an old movie with Keanu Reeves. It's called Bill and Ted's Bogus yep. Journey. Sure, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> They're like, bogus, dude. They're kind of yep. like California, <laughs> kind of surfy kind of guys, right? So I, wait, how old how old are you guys? I'm thirty. I'm thirty. Twenty six. Uh, okay, so I'll be I'll actually be thirty six uh, next week. So okay. like I guess we're like fairly you know of the same generation. But I remember mm-hmm. like so the first one was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and then Bogus Journey came out not that <laughs> yeah. long after that. But I remember like Excellent Bogus yeah, yeah. and Rufus. <laughs> like was the Ninja, name of the Ninja guy. Turtles was also out uh, around like a similar time. <laughs> yeah, man. We'll, uh, so I was like, just speaking about Ninja Turtles yesterday with yeah. uh, one of our friends here. How was the kind of like, yeah. the cartoon I watched growing up? Because they have yep, names yep. in Brazil like the uh, Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah, yeah. Raf- what was it? Raphael? Raphael, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name here. Michelangelo? Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. But that was definitely an era of the, that kind of language, right? The, yeah. Or they, they made up some words like Kawabunga. Kawabunga. Kawabunga, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kawabunga, I think it's just like awesome, right? Kawabunga, yeah. dude. Kawabunga. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, like, uh, it's something you yell. It's uh, like an exclamation kind of thing when you're mm-hmm. excited or you're you know, about to go into a fight or jump into something. Kawabunga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they they invented that, though, right? That was. A uh, I don't know. If, I don't know. I mean, like, like Bart Simpson said that as well. I don't know if Ninja Turtles originated that word. Mm. Um, but this is kind of an interesting thing for language learning. Uh, when people are learning a word from a podcast, they're like, "Ooh, that's a cool sounding word. Let me go use that word bogus with my with my grandmother." Or <laughs> and you have to think about like, wait a minute, like li- like listen to who's speaking in this podcast. So you know, I'm like 36, and you guys are like 30, a little bit younger than that. 
so we're we're kind of within the same age range. Like I, I typically wouldn't, if I was in college, speaking to my professor, use bogus or whatever. Like, man, this mm-hmm. grade is bogus. You can give me something better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but like that that kind of thing is important to remember when people are are listening to something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We tend to use a very large range of different kinds of words from bad swear words to more formal kind of actually probably less formal stuff but sure. do people curse on this podcast is that is you like let people curse on the podcast yeah yeah, you yeah. keep it trying you can, yeah. if you have if you have the urge if you you know obviously you know, fuck you yeah good. man that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> we always we always say is like swearing is not necessarily like exactly what you just said if it's like if you know who you're around if you know how to use it sometimes it can be a um and if you're not really like being aggressive with it, I think it's it can be cool, right? Mm-hmm. It's like artful swearing. You know? Artful yeah. swearing, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it's certainly, swearing is certainly useful um, if you don't have a wide vocabulary and you're in a casual situation. Um, I think there, there's like people, like the listeners of this, if you haven't seen it already, there are versions of uh, like a video about fuck on YouTube where you can go and it's like, <laughs> it, fuck is used as an adverb. Like, it's an intransitive verb and blah, blah, blah. And they give you examples of like, this is fucked up and this is like, you, you know. Uh, but it shows you how versatile something like that is. I, like I recommend can, that for people. You can make a sentence using just the word fuck. It's like, fuck the fucking fuckers. You can. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can have like, just like a, like a, a fuck cast or whatever. You know? like, everybody's just using fuck all the time. <laughs> My apologies uh, to the to the young children listening to this. Here's a here's a question. Just going off what you're, you're where you know we're talking about swear words and sure. things like this. Just because uh, our, I know nothing about uh, Japanese culture, but sure. uh, and you were just referring to the fact that they bow and that there's this hierarchical kind of vibe that goes on in that culture there. How oh, it's, they... it's it's fairly like regimented. It's not even just a vibe. Like you, I mean, people. Like, sorry to interrupt you. First no, no, all, please. But like, if you like, if uh, people are very quick to ask, especially if you're in everyday clothing, like how old you are, because if nothing else, like your age will determine your relative social rank. Oh wow! Uh, and so, like in my case, like a foreigner, I can kind of like float around that. Like I can choose to be a part of that or not, depending on how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I get a like a little bit of relative leeway, especially if I speak it, maybe like intentionally or not intentionally. Uh, a little bit less formal around people than maybe I should be speaking, like like company presidents or whatever, okay. or something like that. Yeah, that's because that's very relevant. To, like wh- what I was going to say is like you know because in English you can really like change wh- whether you're formal, then you go to very informal. You start being you know you start swearing with some of your friends, joking around with the guys. Then the next day you're in the the, the board the board the boardroom talking to some kind of a CEO of a big company or teaching him English or whatever. How does that? Does that change a lot in, in Japan? Like, for example, you, you're hanging out with some buddies and you guys are very informal and then you, you turn on formal mode or you were kind of always expected to be the re- respectful Drew Badger. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. I, I Badger. Would, I don't, yeah, I definitely don't have a, a reputation for being respectful. I don't have a reputation <laughs> for being disrespectful, per okay. se. I, but I'm kind of like my own kind of guy. Actually, I mean, J- Japan, first of all, is a really great place for foreigners but it can be quite I don't I wouldn't say maybe like suffocating for people but I know a lot of Japanese people that have left Japan and they're really like ah like they, they breathe a uh, like a sigh of relief that mm. they're happy to be out of a more restrictive environment uh, but as a foreigner out here people don't really care so as I was just saying like I can say something and people will say 
uh, kind of a, a typical thing. Even before I, I went to Japan, I was starting to kind of learn about it because I had an, an interest in the gardening from a very early age. Uh, I remember, I don't, maybe it was a class or something, but learning the kind of American way of thing. The American way of thinking is like an American thinks everybody wants to be American. Now, this might not necessarily be like accurate or really true, but a mm. Japanese person thinks nobody else can be Japanese. So there's mm. kind of like a specific Japanese ness. That they they like expect a foreigner would not be able to understand the language, and so that's why everyone's like very polite and very impressed when you can just say hello, regardless if you speak very well or not. Mm -hmm. uh, they're kind of like expecting you to fail, expecting you to not be at the level that they are, and like they're not like you know mean about it or anything, but it's really it's just like a part of the culture out here. Um, yeah, it but comes the problem from... is like. What? Sorry, sorry. I was just going to ask. It sounds very, you know, like samurai kind of code of honor kind of thing. Yeah, you know? so that that's still very much in the blood out here. And uh, even like the sports days that kids have, these are, I mean, they're called sports days or sports festivals where they kids like learn to march and other things like that. And they still do like that kind of, it's almost like military training. So part mm -hmm. of what would be happening for schools and then like the parents come out and watch it. And, and there's other things like races and like, how many bean bags can you throw in a bucket kind of thing but it's it's still like learning to work as a group and so really the worst thing you can do to a japanese person is like ostracize them or, or remove them from a group whereas in america that wouldn't be such like a, a horrible mm -hmm. thing to do to somebody getting getting kicked out of the tribe basically <laughs> we're very much like in the u.s i think especially like kind of do your own thing be your own person right yeah i don't know is it similar in australia you feel uh yeah definitely definitely um you're like everyone wants to kind of be like different mm -hmm. like you you want to be like sure. unique you don't want to necessarily yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. be like everyone else in the group yeah here in, in brazil i feel like that's less so though to be unique you're saying yeah it's it's more like you want people here are very i mean it's true in the u.s as well but people here i think are very perceptive about what others think of them mm. uh and they talk about, like, especially the part of Brazil we live in, I think they talk a lot about, like, how um, how quick, like, word is to spread here. Like, everyone talks. Mm. So it's like, if you do something that's kind of, like, against the grain, then it's, uh, then, like, everyone's going to know about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely very Japanese. And the interesting thing is that you could have a, an entire community of people knowing your information or something you did, but you would never know about it. And then oh. maybe somebody would pull you aside and be like, hey, like, blah, blah. Like, I just joined a... Uh, a local pool uh, a few days ago and so I'm going in there and like learning the rules because nobody actually tells you what the deal is they just kind of expect you to know things so uh, <laughs> like today I walked into uh, like the sauna and it's like a co-ed sauna I mean we got bathing suits on but it's, so I'm in there and it's me and like I don't know five old ladies uh, and they're like hey you didn't <laughs> like you didn't dry yourself off before you came in the sauna and I was like I don't know, I kind of thought about it, like, I guess that's the rule or whatever, but it's like, it's like, you didn't dry yourself off before you came in the pool, it's like, it's a, it's water, you know, <laughs> like a sauna is, like, it's like, it's like we're in water vapor, you know, yeah, yeah. we're going to get air water. Or sweaty or whatever, you know, and like, the, any water that's in here is going to dry up, also, like, I didn't, I intentionally didn't dry myself off because it gets hot in a sauna and the, the walls and the seat are all hot, so if you walk in there, and you know you don't have some kind of water on you, then you get cooked a little bit. So I, I was like, all right, well, I guess that's the uh, that's the rules of the game in here. But hey, uh, just on that topic of like pools and saunas, I, I, yeah. I, I've got a feeling you're a bit of a fan of that because I've seen one of one of your one of the videos of yours on your your awesome YouTube channel of you just chilling out 
in some kind of a uh, steam pool or something like that. You got, I'm not even sure if you're wearing a bathing suit in this one. No, I was not. I was not wearing anything actually in that uh, in that video. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was an onsen, a traditional. Actually, well, I mean, there's there's onsen, which is like actually a natural hot spring. So the water there's a lot of uh, geothermal activity. So oh, this wow. is like the heat coming from the ground and steam coming mm-hmm. up. So there are lots of public baths people can go to. Uh, not so much around where I live, but there are particular parts in Japan that do have lots of them. Uh, or you can go to a sento, which is kind of the same thing, but it's just not the natural stuff. So it's just like a, like a, uh, I guess, an artificial hot spring bath. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was part of the reason I came to Japan, and I wanted to kind of like make a video showing that thing. And I thought, why not make a video? But it was really hot in the water too. So <laughs> I would start. If you look at the water, if you like speed it up, you can see me getting red. <laughs> through, the, through the process of the video and then when I'm finished like oh my god I get some cold water uh, myself but yeah so I was naked in that video uh, you can find it on the YouTube channel if you want to uh-huh. see me kind of like from the chest uh, up but yeah so, so that was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah sounds cool is there other uh, vo- volcanoes and stuff like that around there too yeah is so there this? are vo- volcanoes and active volcanoes uh, not far away from us so I live on uh, Kyushu, which is the main southern island. There's four main islands of Japan, and then you got Okinawa plus like like assorted other little islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on my island, we've got like Mount Aso, which is not that far from us, and uh, you've also got uh, Sakurajima, which is in uh, Kagoshima. That's like the southern big city on my island. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Japan is part of the Ring of Fire, so that's where you've got mm-hmm. lots of activity, volcanoes and other things. So we get, you know, you could die from a volcano, but you also have, like, nice hot springs you can go to. So it's yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a trade-off. It's a yeah, trade-off. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, and also just uh, uh, one, one last thing. Like, what, what about your uh, – how was it for you, for example, uh, adapting to – I mean, you said you, since you were younger, you enjoyed Japanese gardening and, and stuff like that. Were, yeah. you all, were you already kind of – did you understand Japanese culture quite well before you went there? Or did you have some uh, kind of problems in adjusting to – because it seems like a very, very different culture from, the, from U.S., West, sure. typical Western culture, you know? So yeah. I think uh, in my case, I mean, I was most interested in the design aspects of it. So the kind of things that you can find in a coffee table book, like the garden design or the interior design, that kind of thing. Uh, Actually, one of the things I really enjoyed about a Japanese home was that people have more uh, kind of fluid living spaces. So a mm. traditional Japanese home would not necessarily have like a living room and a bedroom and something else like each of those rooms could be used as a particular space for that day so you could have your bedroom in one place and then you would usually uh, you put your mattresses up in a closet uh, at the end of the you know when you're waking up in the morning uh, and then that same room could be like your sewing room or your reading room or whatever during the day Mm. Uh, also you've got often sliding partitions between rooms so you could open them up or close them to make the size of a space larger or smaller and uh, there's lots of good reasons why they do that but one of the biggest is that you've got a lot of people and not a lot of area so you've got to be mm-hmm. quite uh, 
good with how you use space and so a lot of people i mean if you've seen any japanese apartments or if you if you do come out here i do recommend you stay at a capsule hotel it's almost like sleeping in a coffin (laughs) but if you've been out you know drinking or partying or whatever it's uh you know you don't really care so much when you come in and sleep in it you might be a little surprised when you wake up you wake up what the hell am i man yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) i don't remember coming uh, here it's fun you got to like sit up conquer yeah but people like i mean those things are, are literally available and you can go stay in one and a lot of people do wow. uh, but as far as like the like the cultural aspects I, because I was I kind of knew a little bit about it and I think I was like I always took my shoes off in America when I would go into the house I thought it I just thought it was odd that people would wear their shoes in the house mm-hmm. uh, so I like like when I came to Japan it actually felt like I was coming home in a way even though I didn't there's lots mm-hmm. of things about the culture that I that I like are rubbing me the wrong way and this is a great expression that means like like if you take your hand and uh, your arm or you like rub it constantly back and forth you're going to start feeling a burn and a pain after a while mm-hmm. so this is kind of when you come into conflict with something what so we call that a the, don't we call that a chinese burn well that i mean they're like a, <laughs> like, a, like an indian burn or a chinese oh, you say indian burn yeah yeah uh <laughs> very that's definitely not a that's a little bit culturally insensitive, right? Probably sure, not. sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, like each each country is kind of racist in its own way. Uh, but you know, like like PA people are people are racist. It's going to happen. You know, we all. It's just kind of like a self versus other kind of thing. It's a it's a natural thing. But anyway, uh-huh. uh, so I didn't necessarily. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't I didn't have any problem really coming to Japan. I think the only major hurdle for me was actually learning the language because that I didn't know until I started learning it in the country. So, mm-hmm. what's a hurdle? A uh, hurdle, like if you're thinking, actually, so we just had the Olympics, uh, Olympics in Brazil not that mm-hmm. long ago. I think the Paralympics are still going on there, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, uh, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, like a hurdle is when you're running and it's just something you have to jump over. So, mm-hmm. when, like, kind of metaphorically, we take a lot of sports metaphors. Uh, so something like you actually have to jump over something on your way to the goal in the same way that you might have to uh, get over a hurdle or pass a hurdle uh, when you're in, I don't know, any kind of situation that's challenging and you have to move beyond that thing in order to achieve or, you know, mm-hmm. succeed. Mm. And did, uh, so for example, with your your Japanese learning, is that is that something that was really difficult? I mean, I just imagine that Japanese is... Like we live in Brazil, so, uh, and, and just, uh, Ethan's lived a long time in in Spain, so we speak Spanish and Port- uh, Spanish and Portuguese, but like the the alphabet is the same. So your 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 Japanese is yeah. just a totally different alphabet, using symbols and stuff like that. What was your learning experience like for, with Japanese? Uh, it, it sucked really, and I, <laughs> I think that's part of the reason I started. I mean, I came out here, and as I said, I was I was teaching English at the same time that I was trying to learn Japanese. Uh, and typically I was, I guess, since in a, in a classroom environment, I didn't know any better for myself as an educator. I was doing the same thing in the classroom and then I would go home and be like, well, I guess if this is what I got to do in the classroom, then I need to do the same thing, uh, at home. And of Mm -hmm. course, like it didn't work that way. At least it didn't work that way for me and most of the people that I help, uh, in, you know, my actual teaching with English, anyone. Uh, so when I was learning, it was doing it the traditional way of trying to memorize flashcards and a lot of kind of individual parts of the word uh, in the same way that people 
uh, are prepared in Japan and you know maybe Brazil and other countries as well just to be able to pass tests to get particular diplomas such that they can get a job doing something. Uh, but if they don't actually have the skills of being able to communicate, like the, the actual fluency that comes along with that, uh, then it doesn't really matter what letters you've got after your, you know, after your name if you have a degree. Mm -hmm. uh, so those those kind of things are what I struggled with, and yeah, I mean it was. I mean I even even when I had uh, like I I failed at learning. Uh, let's see, I failed at learning French in high school, and then I failed at learning Spanish in college. Uh, and this was again still being educated in the exact same way, and I was I, it was just really like knocking my head against a wall. So this is another great <laughs> uh, metaphor for people when you're thinking about literally knocking your like bouncing your head off of a brick wall or a wooden <laughs> wall or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever is most painful for you. Maybe a wall with like some cactus pieces on it or something. <laughs> uh, but something that like. It's just so frustrating, and you're like, why does it have to be this way? Why is language learning such a difficult thing? And most mm -hmm. people you talk to that aren't fluent in a second language, uh, if they if they weren't like kind of raised like that naturally, most people have a very uh, negative view of language learning in general, and they believe it's very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like kicking a dead horse, you might say, as well. What does that Indeed. mean? <laughs> it's the same metaphor, like the horse is already dead, so like you're kicking it, trying to wake it up, but it's... You're just wasting your, wasting your energy, wasting, wasting your we time. We should be careful, though. So, like, so banging your head against a brick wall is typically used in a situation where you're doing something that's really frustrating, and often you're doing it in a repetitive way. So you've got to mm -hmm. do something over and over again. Uh, kicking a dead horse or beating a dead horse is typically like after there's already been a problem and you're continuing to talk about it. So that would mm -hmm. be, it's like slightly different situations, but just to make it clear, because often I find like when I teach something, I have to go back over it like two or three times because I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't teach it the right way. You know, like, <laughs> I, gave, I gave an example and then like somebody uses it back to me and it's like, no, 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 that's not quite what I meant. So I know like you, you guys have like a tricky job with that as well when you're trying to educate someone. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think like you know it's important to try to be clear because you know it sucks when they're like like I would hate and, and it has happened like people maybe they you know they go off and they learn something from you and then they like they use it in some situation and then they were like yeah my friend told me that was wrong or whatever and it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like maybe we should we got to go back and, and re recheck that I suppose but yeah um, yeah for sure man for sure um well, hey, it was great having you on the on the on the on the podcast today. Uh, do you have any a lot of final questions for Drew? Um, I don't think so. I think like we we have some uh, other stuff. We're gonna have to get you back on here and continue talking because could just go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's up to you guys. I, I don't know if like do, are your your podcasts are typically like half an hour or what do they what do they run? Uh, well, we try to keep it, you know, uh, technically we say half an hour, but often they, they sometimes go up to like an hour or something like that. Oh, what, what do people like listening to? Do they want a half an hour or do they like having more to listen to or they want less or do you ask people um, about that? We, we get mixed things, I, I think. Uh, so we used to have a very structured podcast where we would actually uh, have different segments and we'd do this and do that, but then we're just like, ah, screw it, let's just turn on the mic and, and kind of see what happens and... It's cool because a lot of, like, maybe we were planned to talk about certain things. Like, today we wanted to talk to you about just uh, just problems in education and stuff like that. But ah, Well, we, we kind of hit on that uh, in the end there. And I yeah, think, yeah. like, the, the kind of, uh, well, I mean, you guys invited me on the, be on the podcast because I was talking about that. And it's something you guys talk about as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and how frustrating it can be. 
but I guess I guess in a way it like it's like creating work for us because like if we were <laughs> just doing it properly the right way like we would have to find something better to do with our time. I <laughs> well, maybe uh, I mean we I enjoy helping those, people. Uh, learn, and those hot springs in Japan, that's a pretty nice way to uh, chill out, right? <laughs> oh, I, it, for sure. I mean, With those old ladies in the sauna? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to going back tomorrow, you know, and like they, uh, and they talk. Like they, I'm sure like my, my reputation has already preceded me around this like, group of like 30 here's that, uh, women or whatever. Here's that American guy who doesn't dry himself before coming into the sauna. <laughs> Check him out in his bathing That's suit. the thing they remember you too. And I have a I have a tattoo as well, so I have to cover that uh, up when I go in. Uh, typically, you aren't allowed to go into places because it like tattoos are often like a, a sign of mafia in Japan. Oh wow, yakuza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they think you're a y- yakuza if you have the tattoo. <laughs> nah, they, they don't. They don't think I'm yakuza, but like you know, I'm, I'm kind of like lumped in with people. Foreigners kind of get a pass, but I've been kicked out of places before. Wow. Uh, oh. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, and I like I didn't you know I, I was like I'm not hey I'm not I don't have a gun or anything I'm not going to do anything and mm-hmm. people don't they're just like here's your money you know you can mm-hmm. please please your money is not good here man <laughs> it happens and then the, then the yakuza guys waiting for you around the corner like, hey dude yeah, 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 yeah. get over yeah, here exactly. join our sauna <laughs> yeah, yeah. we got I, all I the would like to find like an actual just yakuza sauna and, like sorry like, man I'm, like I'm home you know I want to find a sauna like that that would be <laughs> yeah. Hey, but you actually see is like this, the yakuza. Is that something that's present? Like you actually see yeah, these kind of mafia sure. guys yeah, around? Yeah, it's a, it's a. Um, Japan is a really interesting place because it's kind of like I don't know. I hate to be like racist again, but it's it's almost like a uh, like a homogeneous. And this just means like same kind of people in a population or whatever. Like like in those old like Italian mafia movies where you got the Italian neighborhood. You guys ever see Bronx Tale? That kind of that movie? No, I've never seen that. No, it's it's a fantastic movie. I commend that to your attention to like everybody watching this. You should watch it. It's a movie called A Bronx Tale. We could do a Bronx whole Tale. podcast explaining uh, really great uh, like scenes from that. It's a it's a coming of age story. So this means oh. like a young a young boy that's growing up in an Italian neighborhood and how he kind of gets uh, involved with mafia and other things like that uh-huh. um, but this is a uh, I'm trying to think about like an exact thing but so in in like the mafia area when you do have uh, some kind of order in an area either it's like police or it's going to be mafia but you're going to have some kind of level of corruption there Yeah, um, yeah. and like but the mafia typically are like controlling things in a way that creates safety as well Mm. so it's like they might like if you're not paying i mean hopefully they don't like hurt you too badly or whatever but typically if you're paying your protection money uh, then people don't mess with you too much and it's not in every area in japan but like definitely yakuza is like it's like a big you know it's a big thing Mm -hmm. um but often like yakuza as well are like uh, happy when there's a like a disaster effort, like they will be one of the first groups of people out if there's an earthquake or something with supplies oh, okay. and things like that. So, so I mean, they're the like they're like taking yeah, so they're taking from the community but giving back to the community as well. Kind of like so, a Robin Robin Hood story kind of thing. Yeah, you know? kind of. It's like it's a bit more like. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, it ain't Robin Hood, really, but like, it's definitely. I mean, it's it's organized crime, but like, it's also like organized safety. You know. Yeah, way. yeah. So Japan is a really safe place, but you've got kind of the two pillars of that, which is the yakuza and the police, and like, mm-hmm. if they get kind of uh, out of balance, I mean, but there's corruption everywhere you go. You got it in Brazil or America, just like any place else. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, 
Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. man. Well, speak, speaking of that, I guess I could ask you guys something. What are, what are people saying about uh, like Hillary and Trump for, <laughs> for president? What's that? What are people thinking about uh, that in Brazil? In Brazil, I don't know. I guess um, it's even I don't really know what to think about that. You know, you know, <laughs> people are just like, oh my god, Donald Trump. They're kind of people. Just, it's just kind of bizarre. It's just kind of like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like an actual circus. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried, and and so like I mean Hillary was like looking like the front runner because people were like all right well it's going to be Trump or whatever if we don't vote Hillary in, uh, but then what was it like a day ago or two days ago she like fainted or something when she was getting into her car did you guys hear about that no no I didn't. No, no yeah so I mean she, and, and I don't know if it really made big news and I can see why the media would maybe not want to make it big news but then they had a couple of stories like was it pneumonia or she like had heat something or other but definitely. There's videos of it. You can find it on YouTube of her, like, about to get into a car and kind of, like, falling over a little bit. So her Secret Service or, you know, security detail is helping her up with that. So, But if that's a serious problem, then, like, Trump is, like, winning or whatever. And, like, like, that's going to be some fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) There's a, uh, just on the topic of Trump, one one, one video that uh, maybe you've seen this. Are Are you a Simpsons fan? Yeah, I'm a fan of The Simpsons. I haven't seen the show in a while, but I watched it a lot as a kid. Did you see that there was a uh, they, they put a um, a scene of Donald, the real Donald Trump, like something that happened in one of his political campaigns where he was like coming down an escalator, escalator, so you know, it was just the the, the moving stairs. Yeah, stairs, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was ex- I wasn't explaining to you, Drew. I was explaining to the. Okay. I like that explanation though. <laughs> Robot stairs. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Uh, and it was just a scene of an, a real scene from some kind of a news broadcast of him moving down the stairs, and there's some people above him, and someone had a sign, and they compared that to a scene from The Simpsons like ten years ago, where they made a joke in The Simpsons that Donald Trump was going to be running for president, and it was like the exact same scene, like. The Simpsons predicted that or something, you know, it was, it was uh, bizarre. Sure, sure. Was yeah, I, I think there's been a couple of yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty bogus. <laughs> that was I bogus, man. <laughs> Trump, I, I don't, I'm, I honestly, I don't think I would vote for either of them. Um, but I don't. It's you know, America's just like. It's like that's the best we could do. Honestly. Yeah, <laughs> like we, like people people are like they're they're like two most qualified America. people. It's like America, you know, like you know, Ethan, why don't you run? You know, <laughs> do do something. Give me, I mean, give actually, me a few I guess years. you can't because you're not 35 years old yet. But yeah, uh, I'm gonna make them yeah. change that law. That's, that's true. Yeah. The first 27 year old president. <laughs> yeah. that w- I mean, that would be cool, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's it's really it's interesting that really not much is required to be president. I forget what's in the Constitution about that. I think you only need to be 35 years old and have been born a U.S. citizen and something else. I Apparently, it's like, like no police record or something like that. Yeah, be, yeah maybe like I don't know. Like only you only have had to have done. Maybe coke and weed or something, <laughs> but nothing, nothing too too different. Like no heroin. Like, but, you know. And they ask everybody, like, you ever done coke before or weed? And people are like, yeah, you know, whatever. this is America. Indeed. Yeah. 
Hey, speaking of that, you guys have like drug legalization down there as well. Is is like like weed or you know like any any drugs legal at all in Brazil or is it criminalized? Um, as well? it's, it's all criminalized. It's a, right? Yeah, I think it's all except for alcohol. I think I think uh, w- w- just so people know, when you say weed, you're talking about uh, marijuana. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm talking about uh, cannabis. <laughs> like that, like that, like you know, many. It's like a seven-leafed plant or whatever. That it's like on the flag of Canada, like green. Yeah, flag <laughs> But uh, yeah, so there are many, many, uh, many words for it. But I guess the kind of yeah, I mean, people. I mean, you could say marijuana. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, like regular regular speech is like weed. But it's interesting because that's becoming legalized in many places in America right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I think in Brazil, it's probably like decriminalized. So, for example, I, if I was a user and I had some on me and uh, please not me. that you ever would. No. Yeah. Of course not. <laughs> you should not. It's bad for learning English. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it, I guess. But uh, if the <laughs> policeman caught me, I think I wouldn't go to prison. But I would have. It's not like I wouldn't. I think I'd get pr- probably a warning or something like that, or maybe just get uh, my name written down. But they confiscate it. They'd probably confiscate it. Yeah, for sure. What does but confiscate mean? Confiscate is when they take it from you, and um, it's like used in a legal sense, though, right? Yeah, like yeah, authoritative. Yeah. Like your teacher might confiscate your cell phone if you're yeah. texting during class. That's true. That is true. That was a word my mom used a lot when she would take my toys as a child. <laughs> to confiscate. Yeah, yeah, she was like, I'm confiscating this. I was like, wow, that's a big word, you know. It really made you feel bad, like your Nintendo is going away. Like, yeah, man, it got, it got confiscated, you know. Like, Damn, like, that's harsh, man. <laughs> harsh, what does harsh mean? That's another good word. Harsh is anything that's uh, like difficult or cruel or bogus, as we used in, in the lesson before, in the podcast before. But mm-hmm. uh, like harsh language is something where you're speaking like in a bad way or you're saying like really mean things to somebody to make them mm-hmm. feel bad. So when there's a harsh situation or you've got harsh rain uh, mm-hmm. or just any, anything that's difficult or frustrating, it could be considered harsh. Yeah. Um yeah, for sure, man. But and besides that, all other all other all other drugs are illegal here in Brazil, definitely. Sure. Yeah. But um, I think in like Japan, you could use like harsh again. It's like really harsh there against like drugs. Yeah. Right? So like in in Japan, uh, weed or marijuana or cannabis or whatever you want to call it <laughs> is on the same level as heroin. So they they teach oh, wow. that to kids that like uh, like that like those drugs are bad. Uh, but alcohol is good, and so mm-hmm. of course we have a country with a, a lot of like alcoholics actually in Japan. Oh, yeah, wow, really? That. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't really have that reputation, but alcohol is uh, is actually a huge necessity uh, as a I don't know, almost like a pressure release. So a lot mm-hmm. of people they're working very hard, and as I mentioned before, like it can be kind of a a stifling or even suffocating place uh, for people to be. So stifling, like when you're, it's like actually when you're in a sauna and it's kind of hard to breathe because mm-hmm. you've got like the like the higher amount of water vapor in the air and like mm-hmm. uh, like it's, uh, it's stifling stifling heat. I can't move around or uh, yep. do what I want to do freely. Are the old uh, ladies so, in there just knocking back whiskeys as well? You know, the old <laughs> well, in the you sauna. know, we we didn't have any of that in the sauna itself. But a lot of people. The interesting thing is that like you can. So in America, you can't just drink walking around outside mm-hmm. uh, or like on beyond public transportation. But you can do that in Japan. Here so as you well. can you can yeah you can get oh you can that's nice. Mm-hmm. I mean you can, like go on a, go to a public park and sit out and drink or be drinking on the train. Uh, 
And most people aren't. They don't really get violent when they drink. They do, but they do kind of weird stuff because, again, you got that, like, <laughs> we could make a whole podcast about, like, the odd things that Japanese people do, like, especially <laughs> men when they drink. Uh, but if, if you think about the, uh, the kind of social norms that people have in an everyday sense, like you're working at an office and you got that strict hierarchy, uh, kind of all bets are off. This is another great phrase. It just means, like, anything can happen. Uh, when people are all drinking together. So during the, mm. like, after party for a company, maybe it's, like, a Christmas party or something like that, and everybody's drunk, like, a person at a lower level can actually, like, say mean things to a boss, and, like, it's kind of like oh, wiping, wow. wiping the slate clean when <laughs> you go back uh, the next day to work. Yeah, wow. Wipe the slate clean, man. So that means, like, if you think about, like, a slate is an old word uh, that we might use today for, like, a whiteboard or even, like, a chalkboard. So Mm -hmm. to wipe it clean means you've got something written on it, uh, but now, like, that thing has been erased. So you Mm -hmm. have kind of a second chance or a new thing, uh, or a new chance, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. It's cool, man. Yeah. I guess it's because they're so, uh, um, the the, the Japanese culture, because there's so many rules and regulations, I guess, like the alcohol probably is like this little bit of a pressure valve for people, right? Exactly. So it's a a release. It's a release for people. And, uh, yeah, if if you, if there weren't any kind of drugs in Japan, there there would be, uh, it'd be like some big problems in this country, I Mm -hmm. think, so... What about uh, prescription drugs? Do they have a lot of uh, prescription drugs going over there? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think people are starting to use that more. You see more drug companies and people doing things, but people are still more of looking for a natural mm-hmm. remedy for something. Yeah. So if you've got a, I don't know, you go to the store, buy some ginseng or some tea or something that oh, nice. should, I don't know, be, be, do, be supposedly doing your body better. I don't know what's good or not, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, but certainly more more drug companies are trying to get uh, actual drugs and like synthetic stuff into the you know into people's bodies over here. <laughs> get the drugs into the people's bodies. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how that's how it works. You know, I mean you yeah. make uh, as a drug company you make more money like keeping people sick than making them healthy. Really. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You get to keep selling them drugs that way. That's a whole other podcast. We got like five other podcasts. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Talk about it. We should probably wrap this one up, right? Um, All right, sure. But, uh, Drew, uh, where can people hear more about uh, everything you're doing and, and check out some of your videos and hear uh, your, your blog and everything like that? Sure. You uh, just go to, to in, uh, info at EnglishAnyone.com if you want to mail us or info at, let's see, uh, you could just go to EnglishAnyone.com to see us there or you could go search English Anyone. Uh, mm-hmm. On YouTube and find us that way. And we got plenty of free. I think over four hundred videos now. Damn. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that's great stuff enjoy. there. So yeah, we're still like, yeah, always trying to like improve the channel. I'm still not quite happy with the channel, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I that's we uh, could be, being like, an artist. You never, never completely happy with your work. Otherwise, you'd just stop, yeah, right? Yeah, it's I'd like there, I think we could we could always be doing better. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I always welcome the uh, the feedback that we do get from people about how we should be improving things or trying to you know mm-hmm. just trying to be better in general would you say a lot of your uh your videos and the content that you're producing is based around your 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 teacher specific for japanese people although it's probably it's 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 not like your 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 teaching um method is is, is global right i mean not, none of your videos are directed at japanese people so people who are from here in brazil people from spain people from all over the world you know eastern europe and stuff like that can can check out your awesome content there. 
and you yeah, know that's yeah for see, sure actually one of the the largest uh, populations of people watching our content on YouTube is from Brazil so we got lots of fans from oh awesome. so hey if you if you already know about who we are then fantastic hello again <laughs> and if you want to just check out Drew chilling out in a uh, in a hot hot spring <laughs> no shirt on. We'll, we'll stick that in the show notes. No pants either. You can you can just imagine that part. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right, Drew. Hey, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us today. It was a really yeah. awesome conversation. It was just, a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Really appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening today. And uh, if you want to hear from us, uh, you can just contact me as well, Chad at Real Life Global, Ethan at RealLifeGlobal.com. Yeah. No. You're, oh yeah. Of course. Dot com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could be .gov or something now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though Real Life Global is running for president, it'll be reallifeglobal.gov pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Not even one of us. It's just like the company is running for president. <laughs> it, it could, you know. I mean, I guess it's a natural person. That's the uh, that's the the next step in in running elections. It'll be like a company that becomes president. That'll be some yeah. interesting stuff. Let's just hope we're not going to be real life English dot Trump. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us today, and you'll hear from us next week on Real Life English. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Some in your head.